All right. We are live. Welcome to another episode of Live Lunch. Live We've lunch, got some new posters on the on the backdrop. Thank you to all the artists who helped create these wonderful pieces of art. I've got to say, this is one of my favorite graphics that we've had for series. The Vulture? Well, no, just the, the, the concept, the pictures. Mm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, well done. Yeah, there's well lots of things you. that are going through my mind, but I don't know what to say and what not to say. I, I did wonder whether having vultures on the screens would, would be distracting. People poke fun at them and make light of them. Was that what your concern was? Well, which, may, which may have happened on another video we did. I did get one message saying, why, why vultures? Well, so I said, well, that's, that's not going to be the most controversial thing you're going to come across in this series. Well, quite. Yeah. No. Well, it's about life and death, isn't it? Exactly. That's what I got from it. That is the obvious. And that's the great thing about art. Starts a conversation, doesn't it? Yeah. Which, yeah. That's, that's I do appreciate, I, I do actually, I do really like it when not everybody agrees with what we produce because then we can have the conversation. Just like what we set out to do on here on Live Lunch. We not have. Everyone's going to agree. So we've had we've had a, a busy word. week. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was the three vultures from Disney. You know, Dumbo. Jungle Book. Oh, we wow. your friends. Dumbo. Isn't it Jungle Book. Your friends. Oh, right. Yeah, Jungle Book. Then. It's a long time ago. That film. Oh, there, there are vultures in Dumbo as well, aren't there? Are they? Yeah. No, they're ravens. Oh, I don't know. They're blackbirds, right? Or crows. Anyway. No, isn't that the Jungle Book? There's ravens. No, no. Jungle Book is the three vultures. Messaging. Yeah. The, the nuns. They do what? They, they dance, don't they? We were, I don't know. How about you? I don't know. That, yeah. Oh my gosh, terrible. Need to watch Jungle Book again. Um, that's an action point in this meeting. Anyway, we've had, we've, had, we've had lots of stuff has happened in our lives this week. One of the fun things was we started our small groups. Yeah. Uh, across Emmanuel, and I'm leading a small group. We're all involved in, with our Thrive set of small groups, and so I lead the Thrive Everyday Small Group, which is uh, we looked at discipleship. This week, it's a group of us going through um, a set of. Teachings. Teachings. Wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. <laughs> if the above is Matt Carvel. <laughs> and, uh, and Christine and, and a range of people. Yeah, so making fun of um, but so our Thrive is the, the small groups where we really invest in our congregation, invest in, in people who are, are part of Emmanuel. And yeah, so we, we had our first small group this week and we talked about discipleship and how you can uh, put disciplines into your life that help you draw close to God and, and cultivate a, a fruitful life with God without uh, falling into the danger of of uh, legalism which is where you believe you've got to do certain things to to please god and yeah. it was a it was a really wonderful conversation brilliant i mean i think we yeah labor this at the beginning of, of this because small groups is ex i think it's an exciting point for us at church when we yeah. start small groups again because different churches do different small groups in different ways and where we used to do it you're in a small group and that was a small group we in for for a long season and there's benefits of that i think where we're at now with emmanuel small groups is we have a whole range of different types of small groups and it's more sort of an opt-in you can choose which one you want to do um but we have that range so whether you just want to make some friends and you know invite people into the church community interest focus groups we've got alpha groups and there's five different alphas mm. running across the church some online some in person which is really exciting and then other small groups people meeting in their homes and that sort of thing and then yeah we, we have the, at the other end we have the thrive which is more sort of content driven uh, aimed at stretching encouraging discipling our members to in their walk with jesus and so um yeah, Christy and I were both involved at Thrive Story as well at the weekend at different times. Actually, you popped in on Saturday and then left, and then I came in. And but I saw your board that you'd written on things. It looked good. Good. Well received as well. So. It's all um, good. 
Friday. And whilst you were doing, th- sorry. Yeah, Thrive Study. Thrive Story. Anything to say about Thrive Story? Um, I just think it's just such a great uh, group to be part of, especially, you know, we. I think it's easy to think that all Christians have got it all together, or other Christians have, but not me. And actually, Thrive um, Story is a place where you can work through anything and um, and find freedom during the course of that and with others and hear their story and see what God's doing in their lives. Do you talk about live lunch on your Thrive Story? Sorry? <laughs> you you talk the, about live lunch, live lunch yeah. experience. Yeah, live lunch experience, how to we'll deal with... After the series, okay. both of us okay. will have to... Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I good. just said things that people didn't receive what I had to yeah. say. It was never valued. That's what I would say. Carry on, Christine. <laughs> Christine always shuts me down. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall I talk about Thrive Study? <laughs> yes, please do. I think another thing that people often struggle with is how to actually study their Bible. Yeah. Because we talk about it a lot. <laughs> But what these groups are for is to really uh, encourage people and show them skills that they can use to study their Bible for themselves, which is the most important thing people can learn to do. And we all need to do that. But it's done through um, the means of going through a book of the Bible with a structured study, but drawing out the skills um, so that by the end of doing one of our Thrive Study Groups, which we now have for men and women, you'll be equipped with a whole list of skills that yep. you can then put into practice yourself. So um, that's really t- exciting, I think, because we want to be a church of people who really know our Bibles. Yeah, absolutely. So we kick-started Thrive last week. So is it too late for people to sign up to a Thrive Small Group now? You know what? I think almost all of our Thrive oh, groups are close. Full. Wow, sorry. Well, they're, sorry, they're you may have missed. So, so popular. Wow. I think there's one that uh, Thrive uh, every day. So okay. the same one you're doing, but with you don't have to do it with your own. You can do it with someone else. And that group is starting on Monday. Oh, okay. Uh, Thrive every day with, with Mike and Susie. So Brilliant. that's still on the, if you go to forward slash well, we're doing that next term as well, so you can... Yeah, and actually you can sign up for both the study groups and ex- express interest in study and story. Um, yes, you can for next. Now on the small group list, you, you can, can put your name down for next time so that we can get make sure that you get into the groups. And whilst the two of you were doing Thrive Story and changing people's lives on Saturday, I was having one of those co- those core memory moments in my life on Saturday. Right. I was supposed to go to Belfast on Saturday for a work trip, come back Sunday uh, evening, and on Friday afternoon, I get a message from my dear friend Jacob Fortescue. So we're doing on Saturday afternoon, and I was like, oh, in Belfast. He's like, oh, I've got tickets to the Brighton Man United game. And I said, I'm going to change my trip. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, I did. I did. Do the people in Belfast know this? That you? Yeah, yeah everybody, everybody knows <laughs> it. They they mentioned the result multiple times during their service, and you know, yeah, made book a lot of fun at me. Okay, I, I am a Manchester United fan. Um, anyway, so you went Saturday evening. So Saturday. I went. So I went to watch the football on Saturday, which is amazing. I loved it. Yes, the result didn't go my team's way. I got to see Cristiano Ronaldo play. That was in, that's yeah. cool, isn't it? I can tell my kids that yeah. and my grandkids. Okay. So anyway, I saw these guys play. I saw them get absolutely battered by Brighton. I was I was in the Brighton stand, and I think people behind clocked that I was a Manchester United supporter. So I just got <laughs> ripped into the whole time. It was it was fun. It was just great atmosphere. Thank you, Jacob, for the ticket. Uh, yeah. 
and, and then but the, the funny thing was Stephen Dawson who is my my boss or line manager I thought I, should, I probably should tell Stephen that I'm doing this and I've, I've changed my my ticket from Saturday to Sunday morning I'd, I had to get to church on time and I knew there was an early morning flight which meant I had to wake up at 3 in the morning get to the airport at station at 4 to catch a flight to get there in time for the morning so I thought well I'm doing this and I'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning I should probably tell Stephen uh, you know what he wouldn't even know that I, I changed my plans right. guess who yeah, turns there's, guess, there's a moral of the story come on guess who turns up at the football is it Stephen Dawson it was Stephen Dawson <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh hey man he's like aren't you supposed to be in Belfast I was like uh, Manchester United like yeah he, he was gracious and, and he understood but yeah, I've been getting a lot of stick about yeah. this whole plan that I missed out on the strip. Wow. Okay, moving on. You tried, on. To, you tried to cut on. a corner and you got... Uh, yeah. Talking about cutting corners, <laughs> there are some key things that are happening in the world today. Um, we've got, you know, Kwagata Christie, which kickstarts today. One of the things we try and do sometimes on Live Lunch is engage <laughs> with the, the burning issues culturally and the thing, you know, how should Christians navigate the... the you know, post-Christian culture that, that we live in. So sometimes we take stories from the news. What's probably more interesting is the conversations <laughs> that we have about what should we feature and yeah. what we shouldn't feature and what we should talk about, what we shouldn't. Obviously, there's horrendous things going on in the world right now, as there always is. And so it's not that we ignore those stories in terms of Ukraine war and that sort of thing, but we try and pick up stories that that engage in sort of culturally just, just how get, get to the point man you're like yeah, ethical, yeah, people get it oh, people get, so we had a discussion on whether Wagatha Christie was the main <laughs> if you're story. listening to this on the podcast you don't have to explain. check out the video because you want to see Christine's expression right now <laughs> that's the kind of yeah that's money right there I that story is but I'm saying you don't have to explain because everyone knows that this is the the trial starts today about whether Rebecca Vardy <laughs> is responsible for the Instagram leak of Colleen Rooney yeah. uh, and the story and leaked to, to the papers and I think it's a, I think it's a big issue do you not think it's a big issue? No. I don't think it's a big issue no. <laughs> I think it's terrible the waste of money that's going into this for people to try and protect reputations when yeah. if your yes is yes and your no is no in the first place and if you're in full of integrity in the first place you wouldn't need to get there but it's interesting to um, think whether it would have the momentum that it has if it hadn't had such a witty reference point. Yeah, like Wagon it's genius. Because even in the BBC article about it, sorry, I'm just talking about it now. <laughs> even in the BBC article about it, it features the person who just like came up with that really? on Twitter. And she's just like a normal person. Who's, and she wow. just was the first one to say it. But somehow the BBC News is like picked up and like point to her, like she came up with it. And everyone's wow. like, she's almost like a celebrity in and of herself now, yeah, yeah. just for coming up with a witty thing on Twitter. Brilliant. I mean, who knows? Like, millions of people come up with supposedly things what, what, what do we think Christine where do you think this this uh, this court is good this court case is going to land very careful you know is it who would do you think she's going to be guilty not guilty what are your I thoughts don't on care. <laughs> I just don't care I don't know why you two are so interested in it just I'm much more interested in integrity in public life wow okay so go on the beer gate story or something like that uh, let's talk about the beer gate story yeah let's <laughs> Over to you, Christine. <laughs> well, I mean, one because obviously, from the biblical point of view, integrity is important, and we talk about honesty. I mean, if, if you had listened carefully to that yourself, you mean your story from Brighton, you don't, not walk with integrity there, have you? Well, <laughs> it was Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> so there is an excuse. Anyway, I think we should move on. Should we move on? 
Oh, okay. Are we? Um, yeah. Let me do. Are, let me do. Let me do. Are we not talking about beer gate? I, I thought the points that were raised are quite interesting about integrity in, in the public place and. Uh, yeah, you both had strong opinions a few minutes ago <laughs> before we went live. Are we going to share those strong opinions or are we going to move on to other things? It, it, is, it is an interesting... I, I, think it, I think it probably is healthy every time. It, I mean, it's interesting that how important integrity is. I mean, we, you know, we, we're teaching one another in a church. We're teaching our children about integrity and honesty and, you know, living... A gospel life and so just just and you wonder whether culturally have we moved on from that to pe- are people more cynical about that sort of thing and even so for even for Keir Starmer this week to sort of make a very clear I'm doing this for integrity if I get fined I will resign and people say well it's politically motivated it's just he's just playing tricks it's just all games he's trying to put the pressure on Boris Johnson that sort of thing um, but yeah, I think we should just t- take notice when um, uh, about our leaders and how they handle themselves and ha- what they promote. I think because it does seem that there is an erosion of morality <laughs> from leadership, and it just keeps going further and further down. Um, I think it's important to take responsibility for our actions and I think that in public life generally we don't see that. There used to be a time when people would resign over issues where Mm -hmm. they felt that they'd failed in some way Um, but now there doesn't seem to be any kind of concern about that. Mm. It doesn't seem to be so important but I think it is important because people are modelling something. They are our representatives and they do model something. Uh, so I think it's, it is important. I think it's difficult to know in this case whether um, this is to put pressure on um, Boris Johnson. But um, at least here's somebody who's saying, if I have done wrong, I am going to take responsibility for it. Mm. I mean, it, it is fascinating because especially from a sort of Christian point of view, I mean, in this country, politics is not as uh, polarized in terms of Christian point of view, so there'll be people watching this who are from probably every who are Christians in our church and probably from every political persuasion or in terms of who they vote for that sort of thing. And it reminds me of obviously in the states before when there was Donald Trump and the religious right and the Christians and the, the argument of well, you know, we're not electing a pastor, we're electing a leader, and yeah. so do do you hold leaders to a moral, you know, standard? Um, uh, and is that what you base? That's a really your, great question. Do you, you, do you hold on? leaders to a moral standard? Do you think you should hold political leaders oh, to a moral it's, standard? It's, 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 it's really tricky. And especially when you think about what's happening now in the US. Yeah. So part of the argument, we'll get on to Genesis in a minute. This, this could be the best or the worst episode of life. <laughs> but part of the argument for Christians sort of being pro Donald Trump was that, well, there's an important seat on the Supreme Court and he's responsible for electing someone to that. So from a conservative point of view, get make sure a Republican gets in. So there's a conservative. I'm not saying I advocate that. I'm just saying that's what was coming out from many Christians in the States at the time. Trump's come and gone. But there is now a majority of, you know, conservatives on the Supreme Court, if I understand it uh, correctly, the judges. Five. Five of the nine. And then this issue of abortion and overturning the, you know, Roe versus Wade precedent and the legal um, right to abortion at a federal level, that's being questioned and possibly overturned. 
which probably many Christians in the US would be very supportive of and think that's a very good thing. And we could, well, we're not going to get into that whole discussion, but it is an important issue for Christians. Um, but that that that's really significant because in one sense, this is what many Christians said at the time, even though we don't like things that Donald Trump says or the way he's conducted himself, we'll vote for him because he'll do this for us and this will be in our interest. So it's really complicated. <laughs> I've, it is. I've talked about the issue without not yeah. being too un- unhelpful. Yeah, we did We did like talk about the issue, didn't we? We said it's, it's the kind of thing that you... You don't just want to have off the cuff. You want to have a really thought through conversation mm. response and with a range of voices and experiences mm. who can then feed into the conversation and the, and the discussion. But I guess in, in this instance, with the, with, with the massive leak that's happened from the Supreme Court, um, quite like in some ways unprecedented, you, ha- yeah. you don't really have, have yeah, leaks yeah. on the Supreme Court. This way, and the, the sanctity within which the legal system is, I guess, protected, a year of leaks from the White House and, and other political institutions because because they leak information to gauge the public's uh, pulse on, on, the, on the scenario. But the timing of it is really interesting because we're just about to go into the midterms. And has this been put out now to, to rally the troops uh, and to get people voting for in the midterms? And so I guess now it's using political leaders using... I mean, surely they must have known that the morality of the discussion would play a key part and using yeah I guess some to somebody their integrity to sway voters and to sway votes and so how, do, how do we work with that yeah I know it's tricky and obviously the US is not our context you know we're, we're not in the US and whatever happens in the US doesn't necessarily affect what happens in our country but in this country this country is largely culturally a sort of um, you know Western um, democratic society and so um, it's in, it is interesting the, the fact that you know we have like in the US we have experienced you know the last since the 60s a progressive liberal um, uh, independent sort of ind- individualistic uh, ethic to life and that sort of thing that has, l- that has led to where we are now in terms mm. of the, ch- the church's voice on moral issues is very marginal in, mm. in our society but the, f- the, the idea that uh, a, a very conservative view on an ethical issue could actually gain some traction mm. which is why and now the US is very different to us in terms of structurally and that sort of thing but that's just interesting I, I just think you know as as Christians we should we should probably be watching carefully about what happens I think Christians should think about the issue of abortion carefully it's very complex but we shouldn't shy away from it it's a real issue uh, affects all of us affects society uh, the Bible has some um, important things to say yeah. it should shape the way we think about it wherever exactly we land we should be as Christians being shaped in our thinking by the Bible and be careful not to be shaped by other factors and other influences in the world uh, it, it does feel like these are big cultural moments that are happening in our history you, you had Elon Musk buying Twitter and what that meant for Society and culture as a whole. <laughs> uh, which again, that we that big culture moment, <laughs> uh, Do you not feel the seismic shock of that when it happened? The how much it, do you pay for it? Forty-two billion. Yeah, something like that. Quite a lot. Forty-two or forty-four billion. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Um, I, I think is that such a big 
amount of money we can't actually conceive how big that is mm. it is you know from a maths perspective yeah, for, for all the reasons anyway. and, and, then, and then we've got this that's, that, that's about to happen the significance of that is all about free speech yes it's absolutely all about, yeah it's not just that he, a, a rich person bought yeah. something that's very expensive but, but it, it, what we were talking about earlier was what has has been like progressive dem- democratic society is this like a step backwards um, in terms of what's that, happening yeah, yeah. And so, and I, and I guess these are big moments that just change our cultural temperature. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. And I think we're probably just sure, we talking sure. about the Bible in a second because we're going to get to this let to go. But I want to encourage if you have questions, if they think we've sort of skirted around a lot of topics there. But actually, it does help us if people ask, who ask are, Matt. are watching this would like us to speak on different topics or have a specific question. It just helps us to know we want to serve people in this conversation, not just have a conversation because we find it interesting. So if there are specific questions that people have or would like us to cover yeah. things, we'll do our best to try and... I'm changing it. plan yeah. live on air. So welcome to behind the scenes of live lunch. Um, there's, there's, there's two big questions that we did want to talk about from the... Yeah. the preach earlier which aren't there are if you want to look at this some really helpful practical um small group questions which would help you go deeper into uh what match preached on sunday but i wonder if we pick up the two questions the first question about actually what christina you asked how to actually hold on to god in time of adversity uh and then the question about uh the patriarchy and how that's viewed okay and so if we let's just look at those two questions yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got 10 minutes um, we might run over but that's okay these are good interesting things to talk about do you want to do a quick summary of your preach like yes, 30 seconds super, like really super quick. quick it's Genesis 26 it's about Isaac Isaac is the son of Abraham he goes through a season of famine but in that uh, season of famine uh, God speaks to him and renews the covenant promise that he had made to Abraham and then we hear about how Isaac failed he sinned he, he did something very bad uh, deceptive uh, but yeah God protects him from the consequence of that and then blesses him and his family uh, in materially and, and in, in a really big way and he's that's great. So it's got God's blessing and God's grace to us in the famine season and faced with our failure as well. That's kind of what I was focusing on. And Christine, you have a great story of, yeah. from your own personal experience of actually holding on to God's blessing and God's goodness in yeah. a very dark season. So yeah, yeah. Tell us um, about it. So, some years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and obviously that was a difficult time there was all sorts of emotions to deal with at that time not least the fear that I might die or anything like that but I had a group of people praying for me and um, um, somebody uh, had a prophetic word for me which is kind of what that is is when God speaks to them and gives uh, gives them something to say for me and she talked about the fact that we um, what was behind it was that we can Uh, think about our lives if we compare ourselves with others we can see other people getting good things happening to them but we may not and we can kind of think well it's some kind of lucky dip and um, she said that she saw in this picture that she saw that I had this purple velvet bag and it was a lucky dip but when I put my hand into the bag I didn't get the cheap plastic toy now I think some of us think like that that that's what life gives us mm. and that that's not really in line with biblical teaching yeah. but inside this bag and this is a very special bag there are all these slips and on every single one it says the word goodness I don't know if you can see that so when and the the picture was that whenever I put my hand in the bag all I could ever get from it 
was goodness mm. and that actually is what we get from God so I would go to appointments and things like that with my hand in the bag clutching on wow. to the goodness of God mm. now that's a picture of what we need to do you won't all have a goodness bag but we all have the Bible and the promises and the truth of God and what we have to do in times of adversity is dig down into what we already know of God mm. and the things he's already done for us you know, in the Old Testament, they talked about putting up a memorial. And the reason they did that was to remember, remember. And we need to remember that God is good, even if our circumstances don't look like it. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know what God is working in us through those circumstances. And I tell you, I've never doubted the goodness of mm -hmm. God since then. Wow. And wow. I can always talk to people about the fact that God is always good. Yeah. Amazing, and that's a, a very visual, visual thing, very tangible thing. And even in that story, incidental thing of having other people yes. around you to 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 speak words of encouragement. Because yeah. when we go through, whether it's because of ill health or, or or other circumstances, very dark times, you know, sometimes we need other people yeah. to tell us the truth exactly. that we know somewhere deep down there. But actually, our emotion, our yeah. mind is so uh, heavy with the circumstance we're in. Yeah, it's a bit like um, when um, Moses was praying when the Amalekites uh, were fighting against the Israelites, yeah. and he 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 kept going for a while, but then his arms started yeah, to drop, and he, Aaron and her came alongside him and held up his arms until they won the battle. And sometimes we need people, in a sense, to hold up our arms for us. Yeah. And there's no, there's that's not a wrong thing. That's we're designed for a relationship with each other, and we're designed to be able to comfort, help, encourage, teach, whatever it is, with one another. Yeah. Do you want to go to the second question? Yeah. What was it again? <laughs> <laughs> you were going to ask Christine a question about... Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. So the second. So I mentioned. I mentioned in 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 I preach about sometimes. Um, in so passages like this, and it happened with Abraham's story as well. So we're right throughout. Genesis and the Old, Old Testament, and what part of the New Testament as well. There are examples of where um, women are treated very poorly. And I don't think anyone would argue over the fact that um, what is described um, in the Old Testament is a patriarchal society. When we call it the, the patriarchs, you know, the, these 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 different men. Uh, but we live in a time now where, for many people, they would see patriarchal as a very negative. It could only be as a pejorative word, as patriarch, therefore it's bad. And so I was kind of making the point that uh, in this example, um, when we understand what's going on here, Isaac is not being held up as, oh, he treated his wife in this way, in, in a frivolous way at best, and actually very uh, uh, sinfully horrendous way. Um, and we shouldn't think, oh, God's cool with that. <laughs> no, actually, what it's describing here is, is actually uh, sin, sinful behavior. Um, I don't really know what the question is is, is from that, but... I, I, yeah, I mean, because we've had these conversations plenty of times, but there could be people watching who haven't been a part of this conversation. And I think just hearing what... Uh, Christian, how do you feel when you read um, these stories? Um, well, what I would say is whenever we read any part of the Bible, we need to think about context. And the context here is an 
ancient people. We're yeah. in ancient history. And it's not just uh, in the Bible that there were patriarchal societies. There no. were patriarchal societies all across, certainly the Middle East at this time. And actually, um, those patriarchal societies were a form of protection to women at the time because right. women had no agency. They yeah. weren't as physically strong as men. And actually coming under that actually was a form of protection. But of course, anything like that is subject to abuse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any, any kind of authority relationship is subject to abuse. And it doesn't mean to say that what we're seeing here is a good example being modelled because you have to think about, you know, Sarah. In the, you know, I think about Sarah in this situation. Think about how on earth would she feel, you know, um, not Sarah, Rebecca. it's Rebecca. It's Sarah the time before who Real went Abraham, into Pharaoh, yeah. into... Um, Pharaoh's household, didn't she? Yeah, um, down in Egypt. Not, it, yeah. it happened twice. Anyway, yeah. but, um, you know, it, it's wrong. And, you know, we only have to look at the New Testament to see that a husband should lay down his life for his wife yeah. to know that this is wrong. We don't just read this with, um, you know, as though we don't know the rest of the Bible. We have to compare Scripture with Scripture. That's that's a yeah. good principle. And mm. that, you know, that way we come to understand that actually this is here for our teaching mm. and that... Just because it's an example, it's not necessarily not an example of what is good. Yeah, and I think just very quickly on that, you, you know, that I think that does correspond the New Testament teaching about husband and father laying down his life for yeah. his wife and his family. In one sense, you could read that into the promise that's actually just come to Isaac in the beginning of chapter twenty-six, because I mentioned in the in the sermon, God was saying, "I'm going to bless your family." Yes, it's not like I'm going to bless you specifically, yeah. like your family. And <laughs> there's a whole chapter that we looked at two weeks ago about Rebecca uh, uh, and where she comes from and how she came to be part of the story like her it's, it's really significant and it's them together that the God is going to bless it through their family through their you know you, you can't how, how do you wife required in order to have children yes. I, I, I think the to not put there too is, fine a point on it. there is the I think you mentioned this in the conversation that we had earlier is that you do have an example of a man who walked with integrity and he said I'm not touching this woman please take her back mm -hmm. and then you so where Isaac thought oh these these men will just will take my wife forcibly from me yeah. that was a wrong assumption that there are actually men who will mm -hmm. stand up for what is right and say no I'm not doing that yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, yeah. because that is very wrong and yeah yeah and the thing is that um, Isaac was driven by fear hmm. That's yeah. what underlie and and yeah was underlying this decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. In this instance, Abimelech shames Isaac yes. yeah, by absolutely. his conduct. Yes. Yeah. But I guess my my last question. Um, so we in this story, you see Isaac treating his wife really badly, but it does seem to end really well for him. Um, and in some ways, you're like, but God, why was there no justice done to, you know, why why, did, why was he still blessed a hundredfold when he treated his wife so badly? As a woman reading that story, what, what how do you feel towards God or the story when you read it? I think you just have to come back to the gospel and, and the fact that none of us has, uh, you know, we've all been an Isaac. Mm -hmm. haven't we in different situations we've all done the wrong thing we've all acted out of fear I don't I wouldn't necessarily see it through the lens of men and women necessarily here in that way and that none of us deserves mercy but God 
is so merciful to all of us and his grace abounds to all of us and his grace still abounded to Rebecca even though this had happened and she was protected and preserved Mm. in a bad situation Um, so I think I'd steer clear Mm. of you know coming down on one side or the other uh, in that kind of way but I think we always have to see things through the lens of the gospel Mm -hmm. and who I am I am somebody who was a sinner and I've been saved by grace it's like Matt was talking about on Sunday about mercy Mm. um, that we don't get what we deserve Mm. but we get grace we get the opposite there you go let's finish brilliant wow that was a long episode of live lunch well it wasn't that long but it was wonderful to chat with maybe it felt long (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining us on live lunch and we'll be back next I'm not around next week I am in Poland next week (laughs) Um, so I won't be around next week but have fun we'll work out what happens next week next week see you then Bye. bye